Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. A message series entitled Samson Syndrome. And so if you're just joining with us, uh, let me kind of catch you up to speed just a little bit. Uh, the, uh, during the first week of our message series, we introduced you uh, to Samson's family. And you saw a mom and a dad who had cried out because they, they wanted to have a child. And God noticed that uh, his kids, the Israelites, they were not doing very well. Uh, they were struggling. They couldn't get ahead of themselves. And God finally said, enough's enough. I need to go ahead and set apart a man that I want to be the leader of of this group and help lead them out uh, from where they're at. And so he blessed this family and he allowed Samson to be born with a purpose. And we asked the question in this room, do you know your purpose? And we said that every Christian, every Christ follower in this room has a specific purpose that God has for your life. And the question we asked at the end of that was, are you fulfilling your purpose? And then last week we, we got introduced to Samson's tendencies If you remember, Samson was on a road and he saw a beautiful woman from a tribe that was not his tribe, a tribe that God said, don't go outside your tribe. And Samson looked and saw a beautiful woman and said, I want her. Go get her for me. And we started talking about discernment. And we started talking about it. In the moment of a decision, your faith, your family, and your future can be affected. So we need to be discerning about the decisions that we make. And we need to be careful about a lot of different things that can sway our decisions. And today... We're really going to get to know Samson a little better. We're going to know his character. We're going to know something that he struggles with that about 99.9% of the people in this room struggle with as well. There was a famous football coach by the name of Mike Ditka. He was the coach of the 85 championship Super Bowl Bears. And he was once asked about the topic we're going to talk about today. They asked him, they said, Mike, you know, tell us about your pride And what happens when your pride dictates your decisions? And this is what Mike Dicka had to say. Take a look. Right here. It's going to appear. Sometimes our mouths and reactions operate before our brains get synchronized. That happens to me a lot. Truth is, I think it happens to a lot of us. If I were to ask a question in this room, how many of you do not struggle with pride? Raise your hand. Good, because that was a trick question. Setting the stage for what we're going to talk about today, here's the truth. I think sometimes when we hear the word pride, a lot of us, even if you're prideful in this room, the first thing we want to do is say, I'm not prideful. I'm not. Some of us in this room who would say, you know, I don't really struggle with pride. Um, You are going to tend to dismiss. But here's the truth about pride. Isn't it true that we have, some of us are very prideful people, that pride really, really exudes from us, that our decisions, our actions, our mannerisms, a lot of it comes from pride that we struggle with. However, there's a lot of us that don't struggle and are not a prideful person. However, in a moment, at a specific moment, at a specific time, at a specific place, we could struggle with a little bit of pride. So in this room, the truth is we all will struggle with pride, some of us more, some of us less. And the question for us is how do we deal with that? What are the danger signs? How can we move past it? Because had Samson had a little bit of knowledge or wisdom in a moment, he could have avoided a really big mess 
that he's creating for himself. We're going to begin over here in the life of Samson. You're going to see some things that you probably never saw before. And then when we get all the way to the end, if you're like me, you're going to say, Samson, what are you doing? What are you doing? But like often, I usually look at the lives of biblical characters and say, I can say the same thing from time to time. Terry, what are you doing? What are you doing? So we're going to jump into the book of Judges, chapter 14, starting in verse 5 or 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, or you can follow along on the screen, or you can follow along on your iPads, your iPhones, download the YouVersion Bible app, and you'll get the notes provided for you as well. Here we go. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, pause, catch you up to speed. Samson now is walking with his parents. They're going to a place called Timnah. It's a place where the girl that he really, really liked from the tribe that he shouldn't like her from, they're going because he wants to go get her. He wants to marry this girl. So he has mom and dad. And remember last week, mom and dad said, no, no, no. Isn't there anybody else from our group? Because God warns us about intermarrying. We need to be with our group. And Samson says, I want her. So they're walking down the road and let's see what happens. All of a sudden, a young lion attacks Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. Now pause. I could literally preach a whole message on just that scripture right there. Because if you were here two weeks ago, you remember that God set Samson apart for a purpose. You remember that? During that week, let me catch you up to speed, Samson was set as a Nazarite. We defined what a Nazarite was in week one. A Nazarite could not do a lot of things or partake in some things because a Nazarite was set apart by God, holy for his purpose. One of those things which encompassed a lot of things that Samson could not partake in, could not touch, could not be around, was that of grapes, that of a vineyard. And so if you look back at that scripture, it says, Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah. A young lion suddenly attacked Samson near where? The vineyards of Timnah. Samson is on a road, walking with his parents, in a place that he shouldn't be. Samson's not to be near them, not to be around them, not to touch them. And some of us are going to say, well, dude, why are you around there? Why are you walking down there? You shouldn't go down this road. The truth is, is we all do this. We have boundaries in our lives. All of us have different extremes of what we determine in our lives, in our family, what boundaries we're going to follow. Some of us are really, 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 really conservative. Some of us are not so conservative. We all have different boundary lines. Here's the truth. Many of us have a boundary line right here, and we know where the line is. And some of us, we go right up to that line. Well, I'm not being disobedient, but boy, I'm having fun. I'm riding that line. I'm riding that line. I'm riding that line. I'm having a little bit of fun. No, 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 I don't want to cross over, though. I don't want to cross over. But I'm going to come up to this line as far as I can because it's a lot of fun. And those of you that dangerously go near that line, a day will come sooner or later where your guard will be down where your emotions will be in the wrong place, where your thought process will be in the wrong place, and you will step over that line and cross into a place that you never should have been, never should have been near. I was a single adult pastor for about four years when I first started ministry. And one of the things that I used to talk to singles about was boundaries in their life. And I'll never forget one lesson that I talked about boundaries in relationships. And I said this, guys, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a man. And there is a line that as a man you can't cross. But here's the truth. If I just have that one line there, I'm going to fail. 
So I don't know about you, but me, I need seven lines. I need seven boundaries because I need six other lines that are previous to that line. So that way I have to plow through two or three of them before I finally go, what am I doing? Turn the other way. I can't have one line. I got to have six or seven. And Samson is on a road he should have never been on. And he's riding the boundary line near the vineyards where he should never have been. This starts to give you insight into the pride of Samson. A lion comes out, attacks him. Suddenly, at that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. And he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. But he didn't tell his father or mother about it. In this moment, Samson realizes the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. He has great strength. God has blessed him with great strength. And he realizes, wow, I can do some incredible things. Now, my hope for Samson at this point is for him to be humbled. Whoa, what just happened? There is a God. That's not normal. God, I'm going to pay attention. God, I'm going to really, really, really value you because God, what just happened is not of me. It's of you. That's what should happen in our lives. But there's a lot of times where our pride gets in the way. And instead of us saying, whoa, God, amazing. All of a sudden, we start taking the credit ourselves. Aren't I great? Did you see what I just did? That's right. I'm amazing. And Samson begins to continue to get pride welled up. Continues on. Later, when he returned to Timnath for the wedding, pause. Many of us, if you just read it at blank, you think, well, this just happened. He went there and a few days later, he turned around and went back. No, 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 no. This event happens about a year after he tore the lion apart. So a year later, he returned to Timnah for the wedding. He turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion. Pause. What road is he on? Same road. Here's Samson on a road he should have never been down. And in that moment, his parents would have said, Samson, you're set apart. Samson, you're a Nazarite. Samson, don't go near the vineyards. Samson, what are you doing? Samson doesn't listen to any of it. And a year later, he ends up down the same path. How many of you in this room where God has said to you, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be saying this. You shouldn't be partaking in this. You shouldn't look at this. And how many of you have struggled with that? And you've said, oh, God, forgive me. God, oh, well, God, forgive me. You know what? From now on, I'm, I'm not going to do that. From now on, I'm not going to say that. From now on, I'm not going to be, God, I, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then all of a sudden, a week later, you find yourself, oh, gosh, God, I, 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 I'm going to change. I'm going to change, God. I'm going to change. And how many of you a year later are sitting here and saying, I'm doing the same thing. I'm struggling in the same way. And it's a year later. Samson allows his pride. You'll be okay. You can come right up to that line. You'll be just fine. And Samson walks down that line again. He turns off the path. Go back one, guys. Go back one. He turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion. And he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. He turns off the path. He looks at what he did. And all of a sudden, his desire for what he's accomplished, his desire for his pride, for what he has accomplished, is far greater than the truth. Because you're going to see something in just a second that he shouldn't have done. He turns off. 
He scoops some of the honey into his hands that he ate along the way. He gave some to his father and mother and they ate it, but he didn't tell them because he had taken the honey from the carcass of a lion. Here's something you need to understand about a Nazarite. A Nazarite is also not allowed to touch any dead body. Also, you touch anything that is dead, you become defiled. He is set apart for the Lord, for the Lord's purpose. And Samson turns off the path a path that he should have never been on in the first place. And he goes to the carcass of a lion, which is dead, which he shouldn't touch because it defiles who he is. He then looks and sees the honey. He grabs the honey. He eats the honey, which defiles him inside. And then what does he do with it? He goes to his mom and dad, and he gives it to his mom and dad, defiling his mom and dad, and he didn't even bother to tell them. Samson's pride allows him to think, I can do anything and everything. Let me illustrate this another way. I was coaching baseball to a bunch of six-year-olds. And I'll never forget, their bases were loaded. It was the last inning. And all of a sudden, we're down by two runs. So in essence, the batter at the plate, if he could get to third base, then three runs would score and we would win the game. So this little six-year-old gets into the box and he's about to hit. And his dad is coaching at first base and he calls timeout. And he comes down to the batter's box and he looks at his six-year-old, he kneels and he has a conversation. Later on, I asked him what the conversation was and this is what it was. Son, you see that base over there? That's third base. If you can get to that base, if you can hit the ball and get to that base, we're going to win the game. And if we do that, we're going out for ice cream. That six-year-old's little face lit up. He is smiling. He's like, okay, dad, okay, dad, okay, dad. So I'm standing and I'm watching. He gets in the box. It's coach pitch. So the coach all of a sudden takes the ball and throws the ball. He turns. He hits the ball. I start looking at the runners. Come on, come on, come on. And the runner from first is going around first, going around second, coming to third, and he's going home. And all of a sudden, while I'm, I'm, I'm waving people around, I'm hearing the audience laugh. And I finally, I, I stop and I look. And as I look to the crowd, they're all laughing. And then I look down. And it's the six-year-old. You see, what had happened is, is he got in the box, and when he hit the ball, he followed his dad's instructions because he turned and ran straight to third base. Now, if you don't know baseball, you're supposed to go to first base, then to second base, then to third base. Don't miss the point. This six-year-old's desire for ice cream This six-year-old's desire to win outweighed the truth in the moment. Samson's desire for himself, look what I did, look what I have, outweighed any truth that he shouldn't have been near it, he shouldn't have touched it. In fact, here are three thoughts that Samson went through his mind. If you're a prideful person, here are three thoughts that you're consumed with a lot of the time. Number one, look what I did. I call it little boy syndrome. Little boy syndrome is, you know, when a kid gets up at the plate and gets his first base hit and runs the first base, what's the first thing that they do at first? They turn around and they wave to who? Mom and dad. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. There's nothing wrong with little boy syndrome. In fact, what little boy syndrome is, a boy discovering what he can accomplish in life. It's an amazing discovery. Wow, I actually did it. Wow, I actually got the first. Wow, isn't that amazing? Little boy syndrome is wonderful. The problem is, is when grown men have little boy syndrome. 
Because no longer is it about, oh, wow, look what I did. No, it becomes this. Hey, look what I did. Because little boy syndrome stops being about discovering what God has gifted you in, and it's all about telling others how important, how wonderful, and how amazing you are. Samson, in that moment, he wanted to go look at that lion. Why? Because look what I did. When you take the credit, you have little boy syndrome, and a proud, prideful person will say, look what I did all the time. Here's the second thing that happens. Look what I want. Look what I want. A proud person, a prideful person thinks they can have anything that they want because it's all about them. And it's fine when it's about what God wants. But it's not good when it's just what you want. The third thought that goes through your head is this. Look what I have. Look what I have. Look at me. Look at the resources I have. Look how blessed I am. Look what I can do. A proud person spends a lot of time showing others, telling others all of the accomplishments in their life. It's good when you can say, God has blessed me. This is all by God's hand. I don't take any of the credit. This is all by him. It's bad when it's, yeah, look what I've done. Look what I've accumulated. Look at how blessed I am. It's all about the heart. And Samson in that moment, three thoughts went through his mind. And those three thoughts got him into a world of trouble. Samson continues down the road and then he heads to his wedding. He gets married. And all of a sudden he's going to talk to individuals that are at the wedding. And you would think at a point where he shouldn't be on a road that he traveled. He shouldn't have touched a lion and the honey which defiled him and his parents would have let him know. He shouldn't be marrying a woman from the Philistines because they are anti-God and he's set apart by God. And now he's sitting at his wedding and now he's going to have an interaction with individuals. You would hope that Samson would figure out, wait a minute, what am I doing? Continue on. Here's what happens. Samson says to the people at the wedding, let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I'll give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of of clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear the riddle. Here's the riddle. So he said, out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. So here's Samson sitting at the wedding. He looks at all these individuals. And I want you to notice something because it's very telling. Samson says to the group, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll offer you a riddle. And if I win or if you win, you get 30 robes and 30 pairs of clothes. But if I win, I get the 30 robes and I get the 30 pair of clothes. That bet right there should tell you a little bit about Samson. Because you don't ask for 30 robes and 30 sets of clothing if you already have it. You see, Samson didn't have the clothes and didn't have the robes that he wagered because Samson in his pride said, there ain't no way I'm losing this bet because I'm Samson. I'm amazing. I'm smarter than everybody. And so I'm going to give you this riddle and in this riddle, you're going to lose and I'm going to get what I covet and I want 30 robes and I want 30 sets of clothing. And so he makes a bet. Here's the truth about prideful people. Prideful people tend to overestimate. A proud person will tend to think, I can do anything. A proud person will tend to think, I won't lose. 
A proud person in the moment of decision will never think about the consequences. Prideful people never think they're going to get found out, never think they're going to stumble, and never think anything bad can happen to them. There's a thin line between confidence and pride. And Samson in that moment shared a riddle, offering something that he didn't have because he knew, just knew that he was going to win. He overestimated. And because of his overestimation, he's going to lose that bet. Take a look at this. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband to explain the riddle to us or we'll burn down your father's house with you in it. Did you invite us to this party just to make us poor? So Samson's wife came to him in tears and said, you don't love me. You hate me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother, he replied. Why should I tell you? One thing about the proud is this. You might be really strong. You might be really smart. And the people around you might not be able to touch you. But here's one thing that the enemy will do. If they can't get at you, they're going to come at you a different way. I want you to write this down. The enemy attacks what is personal to the prideful. If they can't get you, the enemy will attack what is personal to the prideful. So know this. If you think you're invincible, if you think you're invulnerable, for a time you might be. But the enemy is going to attack you at your weakest link. And the enemy used Samson's wife, his prized possession in that moment at his wedding feast to bring him down. Take a look and see. So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. And at last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. So before sunset of the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? If I had time to go through the rest of the chapter that we're on today, you would see Samson allow anger in a moment to allow him to make even worse decisions to the point where he kills people in a town to get the robes and the clothing so he can pay off his debt. Prideful people struggle. And as I said before, we all struggle with pride. So I want you to write this down. If you... Maybe you have pride and you don't know it. But if you're a prideful person, here are four struggles that you have. And I want you to ask yourself the question, do I struggle with this? Here are four things. Here's number one. Prideful people don't worship. Prideful people don't worship. Let me define worship. If you're brand new to Christianity or you don't know what worship is, worship is not music. Worship is not message. Worship is not only contained to Sunday. Worship has everything to do with your attitude of heart to your God. That's what worship is. It is within your heart to your God. You can do a lot of things, say a lot of things, but if your heart's in the wrong place, you're not worshiping. And so prideful people can't worship. Why? Because worship says this, God, teach me. Worship says this, God, forgive me. Worship says this, God, show me. When you have a heart of worship, you come into a place and realize my life is not my own. God, you're greater than me. God, you're more powerful than me. God, you have more wisdom than me. And God, I submit myself to you in an act of worship to say, God, I need you. When you have pride, 
It is stops being about God and it starts being about you. And when you walk into this place week after week, you ever wonder why you end up struggling in the same place? If you're sitting here in six months and a year from now, you're in the same place, you're probably struggling with pride. Every one of us, our prayer should be as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as moms should be this. God, each and every day, not each and every week, each and every day, God, I want you to show me the areas of my pride. I want you to show me the areas that I need to change and I want to be better. So God, show me how I can be better. Show me how I can be a better man, a better woman, a better wife, a better husband. If you do that, you're battling pride. But if you're not, you're probably struggling with it. Number two, prideful people are often foolish. Prideful people make foolish decisions. Prideful people boast. Prideful people in an effort to be able to stand out will do something, say something that everyone else will say, that guy's a jerk. Prideful people are foolish. Samson, he sat there at his wedding feast and instead of him enjoying his beautiful bride, and instead of enjoying the festivities, what did he do? He did a foolish thing. Let me show these people how smart I am and let me make a little bit of money and a little bit of resource out of it. I'm going to give everyone a riddle to show everybody how smart and how powerful I am and I can't possibly lose, so it's a win-win for me. Prideful people rile up the competition. But you need to know this. God is an enemy to the proud. Why? Because a proud person, it's all about me. And God is a jealous God and God wants it to be about him and not you. Number three, prideful people are often isolated. If you're in this room and you can't count a close relationship or friendship on three of your fingers, you might struggle with pride because people don't like being around prideful people. And if you're a prideful person, you don't let anybody in. There's no humility because individuals don't like to be around perfect people because there's only been one. And so if you're isolated, you might struggle with pride. And last but not least, number four, prideful people are often disappointed. Sometime, sooner or later, you will be disappointed. In fact, here's the truth. If you struggle with pride, Most of you know it. And you struggle. And you might not know this about prideful people, but sometimes they're so disappointed in themselves because they can't stop. There's a lot of reasons why we have pride. Insecurity. Our growing up years. It's a lack of something that causes us to fall into pride. I need to show someone I'm important. I need to show someone that I can do it. I need to show others, otherwise they might not like me or they might not think the best of me. Here's the truth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have all that you need. You don't ever have to worry. You don't ever have to wonder. You don't ever have to doubt in what God's given you because he made you. And so there's no need for sinful pride. Now, I wish that I could tell you that the next scripture I show you is going to be Samson saying, so I looked up to God when I lost the riddle and I said, God, forgive me because what am I doing? 
But prideful people won't do that. And unfortunately, neither did Samson. Here's what Samson said. Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. Now there's a whole lot of information that I don't have time to get into on that. But don't miss what Samson did. If you hadn't messed with my wife, I would have won. There's a lot of prideful people today that God is screaming into your heart, saying, lay it down. And many of you are saying, yeah, God, but, yeah, God, but, yeah, God, but, yeah, if it wasn't for him. But you know what? You know what he's like? You know what she's like? You know what he's like? God, it's not me. I have a little bit, but it's not. Prideful people will deflect and deflect and deflect because it can't be you. Don't be a Samson. Don't fall into the Samson syndrome. I pray that your response to God today is, God, teach me. Because it's about you. Would you pray with me? Father, in this room, I know that you're speaking. You spoke to me all morning. And in this room, if God is speaking into your heart and bringing up an action, a moment, a decision, a relationship, my prayer for you is to not deflect. I pray that in this moment, you'd have the courage and the strength to do what Samson should have done. That you would stop. That you would discern and say, God, this is about you and not about me. Forgive me for my pride. My pride is costing me. And so in a moment, our band is going to lead us in a song. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing. But it's a song that says, you are God and I'm not. And that today is the day that I'm going to lay my pride down and I'm going to worship you. So in a moment after I pray and say amen, I encourage you to stand and to sing, but not with the words of your mouth, but the attitude of your heart by declaring that God, I humble myself before you. So Father, in this moment, may we stand May we sing with our hearts that you are God. May we ask your forgiveness. May we ask for your help and your strength. May we lay down our pride. And may we stand and see your truth. God, be glorified in this moment. Change our lives. Teach us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.